Thank you everyone for tuning in today on Connecting Your Community. We are hosting Jen Visser, the Executive Director from Big Brothers Big Sisters, and we're going to talk about the programming that they offer. We're going to talk about how COVID impacted their fundraising this year, and we're also going to talk about how the community is going to stand up and walk with Big Brothers Big Sisters. Thanks for tuning in today. Podcasting from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. This is Connecting Your Community. Building community through unity. Through unity. Getting things done takes activism. And Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen have come together to share firsthand community voices. Bringing awareness to community issues. Watching how other communities handle like problems. And sharing their successes. Connecting. Connecting your community. Here are your hosts, Blaine Higgin and Mallory Chris Jansen. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to us today. And, you know, I'm really excited to host you, Jen. Uh, Jen is the executive director from Big Brothers Big Sisters Lethbridge. And we're going to just, we're going to share some awareness about what you guys do. And also even talk about how COVID has affected your programming, your fundraising, et cetera. But also even talking about the kids who are coming forward now. So, Jen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and also Big Brothers Big Sisters? executive director for Big Brothers Big Sisters. Uh, I've been with Big Brothers for 10 years and I started as caseworker and then in 2013 I moved on to the ED role and I've been in that role ever since. And uh, I moved to Lethbridge in 2002 to go to university and I just stayed. My husband and I live here. We have a son. Good, another and person that came to yeah, Lethbridge and stayed. stayed. I like to hear that. And stayed, yeah. So, great. Uh, life is good though. Well, I love Lethbridge. It's, yes. it's a great community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us even just quickly about the different programmings that you guys run with Big Brothers Big Sisters? Yeah. So Big Brothers Big Sisters has been in Lethbridge since 1973. We're one of the, the longest standing organizations in the community. And uh, we offer five different programs. Most people think like no, our community-based one where a mentor takes a kid in the community for two to three hours a week. But the majority of our programs are actually run through schools. So we offer four different programs in schools. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are in-school mentoring. We offer a really successful teen mentoring program. And then we also have some group-based programming called Game On and Go Girls. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we serve a lot of kids. Uh, we have the, everybody knows the Big Brothers House on 6th Avenue. Uh, so we offer like a home environment for kids to come in. But the majority of everything actually happens out in the community. And in 2019, we served 686 children. Wow. 686 children. Yeah. So in saying that, with all that you've served, does that come from every nationality, I would imagine, Absolutely. right? Throughout the community? Yeah, we are fully inclusive. Um, Matches are based on compatibility. So this, what we want out of everything is every match to be happy, safe, and successful. So by doing that, we, we match people in what their, their needs are. And if, you know, so say we had a child that came from, you know, new to Canada, we would try to match them maybe to somebody who had a similar experience. Okay. Uh, we offer, uh, the, we do have one specific program that is d- new to Canada, which we offer with Lethbridge Family Services. Excellent. And it's a teen mentoring type of program. Uh, but we also have a about 15% Indigenous children in our site base, so school-based programs. Um, and we really, it's for everybody. Very inclusive. Very inclusive. That's what I love about Big Brothers Big Sisters is that inclusive piece, right? And just even the different programs, like we're going to talk a little bit about the school program yeah. because I actually, in my practicum, had witnessed it firsthand. And so we'll get there shortly. But I guess also is, can we talk about the increase that you guys have seen of children reaching out through COVID? Yeah, COVID definitely 
definitely has affected our organization. We haven't stopped doing what we're doing, though. We've been able to continue our work with less staff, but at the same level as what we were running before. Um, and, you know, we're seeing lots of toxic stress at home, kids suffering from isolation, loneliness, mental health issues. And we're seeing an increase in kids who maybe wouldn't have fit in that box of before, of perhaps a low-income, poverty-stricken home. We're seeing kids coming from quite affluent homes who are just really struggling with that isolation piece. And now they're living in a world of, of fear, right? What, how, do I, how do I live in this new world? So there's more and more families, obviously, that are, are reaching out during this time then. Absolutely. So yes. do you have a number, like, is, is it, uh, uh, do you have data on that? Is it increased? Uh... We have had an increase in volunteers, though, too. So oh, we have, I was just, that absolutely. was the question I was going to have. Yeah. So in order to be able to control it, because I know you guys are mm -hmm. quite busy, it's, it, there's always a struggle for, for uh, funding at any time, right? Always. So of <laughs> course, having more volunteers help. And that's what I thought during this COVID time, has that been okay? So that's fantastic to hear. Because we've been able to move a lot of our programs on a virtual platform. A lot of people who maybe weren't sure about signing up decided to say, well, if it's virtual, Let's see. So we've had quite a few mentors. And then after the virtual stopped and we said you could see face-to-face, -face, they continued on and they met their littles face-to-face. -face. So during this pandemic, there's other ways that we can step up. And I'm looking at future and some of these different online uh, uh, programs that are being ran. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to use those in the future as well then. Yeah, and that's a topic that I had with my staff the other day that we've moved. Well, one of our programs is going to continue virtual for the next school year just because it's... It's very hard to get into schools right now. Right. And this is going to offer a lot of opportunities to at particularly rural communities yes. that are struggling to integrate oh. in, but also to families that just are unsure about how to be that face-to-face -face and don't feel comfortable. And that's okay, right? We all have to step in our own shoes and walk you know, carefully and, and be okay with what other people feel. So awesome. before we take a break, you had mentioned how many children you served in 2019? 686. What was the increase from 2018? From 2018 was 600. So we had a 15% increase. And then from wow. the year before that, we had a 30% increase. So, you know, in the last five years, we have grown huge for for kids really um and it's you know offered new programs but i really feel our footprint has just grown yes. substantially in our community well you know before the break too this is this is interesting it's really uh, got me uh wondering here so with that increase you're talking about 30 percent increase and an eight uh, uh, 15 15 mm -hmm. increase has the funding been up 30 percent and up 15 uh, fundraisers have. <laughs> fundraisers have. So that, you know, that's that's something that is just really it, it's it's a struggle for a lot of these different yes. uh, uh, community programs now to stay with that. But mm -hmm. thank goodness you've got some of those volunteers. And with that, let's hop to a break, and sure. we'll pop right back. Yeah. This is connecting your community with Blaine Higgin and Mallory Christiansen. We'll be right back after these messages. There's a new art shop in town. What? Watercolors, acrylics, pastels, brushes, oils, canvas, and paper. Oh, where? It's new. The art room at Smith's Audio on 13th Street North. For high performance sound. And super art supplies. Freddy's Paint is all about saving you time and money. With quality Benjamin paint and our helpful design and paint professionals. Freddy's Paint, voted best of the best, 20 years running. Freddy's Paint and Details, 210 17th Street South. Audio, electronics, try Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. You, you need the best sound? 
Yeah, you gotta try Smith's. Smith's Audio, 13th Street North. Electronics simplified. So we talked about fundraising just a little bit, okay? <laughs> just a little bit. And you're a nonprofit organization. We are. Which means, can you tell people who don't even know what a nonprofit organization means? So a nonprofit is an organization that's not, well, it's not for profit. We don't want to make money. Everything that we offer is free too. So when a child comes through the door, there's not charged for yes. anything. We provide that free of cost. But I always say there's a cost to free. Absolutely. <laughs> so how do we as an organization ensure that we have enough uh, income to sustain the need? Okay. So tell me, how much does Big Brothers Big Sisters rely on fundraising? So roughly 75% of our income is from fundraisers and general donations. Okay. How is COVID hit? your guys' organization, if you are yeah. 75% based on fundraising. We offer three major fundraisers in a year. So Bowl for Kids Sake is in March. That's my favorite one. And we were able to have <laughs> Bowl for Kids Sake. Uh, it was the day before schools closed was our last day of Bowl for Kids Sake. Wow. So that event. So you didn't manage to get everybody that was in the program. Event, you got Yes, okay. and we, we hit budget on that one. So 2020 Thank was goodness. shaping up to be a great year so yeah. far. <laughs> right. And then schools shut down. And the next fundraiser we have is golf. For kids sake and that is a massive fundraiser that this was the 23rd year of it and we were going to hit the million mark this yes. year of overall what that yeah. event had raised generally it brings in just over a hundred thousand dollars after expenses for the wow, organization that's incredible so there's yeah. a lot of community support for oh, these programs huge. and as you indicated before the break that's what uh, a lot of that funding comes from so it may not be from government but a lot of yeah. community uh, uh different organizations coming forward or Absolutely. different businesses. Lots of businesses support us. And uh, then we have our gala in November. And that's another event that brings in over $100,000 after expenses. Uh, we were able to solicit and have an event without an event for Golf for Kids Sake, and it brought in about $65,000. That's good. So, That's good. you know, it, it well, was... Considering. Cons absolutely. Yes. Considering wow. we were felt very um, just you know, supported by our community. Yes. Uh, our gala would normally be the first Saturday of November. And if, if you've ever been, it's such a great event. We have 400 people there. It's a dinner, dance, live, silent auction. And we can't have it this year. So yep. what does that mean for us? That means the community is going to step up for you. And we'll get to that. Yeah. And we'll get to that shortly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so also, Jen, is in our realm on the front line, we talk a lot about that evidence-based yeah. piece, right? And statistics and qualitative, both quantitative, are very important for us as nonprofit organizations to be able to show community donors, even participants, what the actual positive impact programming has. And so I've done my research on you guys. I'm a massive supporter of Big Brothers Big Sisters. Can you tell us a little bit about what your research shows and the positive impact mentoring has on participants in your program? You know, I think that what bothers me sometimes is the word mentoring gets thrown around all the time. And from our perspective, we're different. We're intentional mentoring, yes. right? We are looking at a child and wanting to support them in a way that at the end of that relationship, when it graduates, we, we have data that shows. Uh, so we measure those outcomes. And we, we know that, you know, there's a social return on investment for our programs. And that's through a 10-year study that was done by the Boston Consulting Group that said that for every dollar that is given to Big Brothers Big Sisters, there's a $23 social return on that wow. investment. So explain what social return is for anyone who may struggle with that terminology. So what that means is that our littles, when they are out of our program, as they grow up and become adults, 
they're the ones that give back to other organizations yes. and give money out of their pockets. There's the ones who donate their time and help build up their communities. So it's it's impactful because it's not just a short term. This is a long term solution that and everybody likes that short term solution. We're long term solutions. Absolutely. And our relationships aren't just about that short little interaction, right? These are relationships that carry on for the rest of their lives uh, in many cases. And, you know, we also know that we have mental health increases in yes. children. Uh, kids who are in our programs have educational readiness. They want to pursue uh, careers in post-secondary or trades. You know, they're driven to take yes. that right path in life to become upstanding community citizens. So as we're, t as we're talking, I, I just had something come to my mind that I think it's important that we also just put out there and talk about what happened with Big Brothers Big Sisters with the opiate crisis. Did you guys right. see an increase in children who may ended up, may have ended up in foster care, mm -hmm. kinship care, et cetera, um, because maybe mom or dad struggled with addictions. How did the opiate crisis affect the kids that were being served by Big Brothers Big Sisters? For about two years, we consistently saw children walking through our doors being raised by grandparents, mainly grandparents or an aunt and uncle. Uh, dad, and this is, we saw this pattern continuously. Dad was in jail and mom was kind of in and out of the kids' lives uh, struggling with her, her addiction. And grandparents were angry yes. that they were having to raise these kids because they've already raised their kids. Absolutely. They didn't, and, and they were put in these positions that they didn't want to do this, but they, they would. So lots were coming to us saying, okay, they need these supports. And we saw many, many children go through, and we still have a lot of those children matched. Some of the kids have gone back to parents because parents have been able to, you know, get their lives in order. Beautiful. And some are still with their grandparents. And, you know, all that we can do is provide that support. But what's happened is our increase to not just support the child, it's also supporting the family and finding, yeah ways that you know we can ensure that there's a positive outcome for the, the grandparents or parents uh, as well, well that's and, beautiful. I see, and you know that's I see beautiful. I see that uh, uh, many years ago of course if you have grandparents that are taking care of these children there's probably wasn't the big brothers big sisters back in that day mm -hmm. so how do you get the communication out that that is a program that is available to to some uh, those grandparents that are are you know, stepping up and, and helping with uh, families. A good support we have is schools, right? So, so they, the schools okay. will identify a child lacking a support and then they'll get them in contact with us. But, you know, I think that a lot of people, they know that name, they know Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So they'll inquire. It's a lot of word of mouth. And I mean, being around since 73, I think that footprint again. Yes, definitely absolutely. Um, so going back just quickly to the schools is I did my practicum with the, with the local school district and I was able to see firsthand the empowerment that your programming in the schools did for children. And, and I remember some of the youth coming in and, you know, just really trying to find their place. And maybe before your programming, they would sit by themselves in the hallway, right? And I watched these girls come together, build relationships. They were then eating lunch together, hanging out. They made friends and connections because of you guys. So I, as a frontline worker, want to say thank you for everything that you guys do. 
Um, we know that you've been impacted gravely by COVID. So we want to just let you know that there are tons of community members who are going to be coming forward. We're going to be doing somewhat of a fitness competition. So if anyone is interested in jumping on board, um, it is all in the in the primary stages. However, we have a lot of local businesses who would like to come forward. If anyone watching this podcast or hearing this podcast wants to come forward to donate to a silent auction, we want to do that on behalf of Big Brothers Big Sisters to help you and help ensure that those programs continue mm -hmm. because they are impactful both short and long term. I do want to ask as well, how would the community reach out to you? You know, we have, uh, we're quite big on social media, so you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We have a website, bebig.ca. And, you know, we also give us a call. We're 03-328-9355. There's always somebody on the other end to talk to. But thank That's you beautiful. so much. We Absolutely. Really, you know, this is our community does these things for us and we couldn't sustain if we didn't have the Lethbridge community. Yes. And I just in closing, right before closing, I just had a, a thought that came up. I know that we were we were planning to do these different podcasts and and my daughter that is actually doing the recording of this podcast, it's a, oh, Big Brothers Big Sisters. <laughs> she had the opportunity to volunteer when she was younger and, and, and help mentor, which was just a fantastic program and, and said a lot of great things about Big Brothers Big Sisters. So Jen, thank you very much for joining us today and we look forward to a successful big brothers big sisters in the future <laughs> thank you you've been listening to connecting your community with blaine higgin and mallory chris jansen join us next time as we continue to discuss community topics and how all of us together can make a difference remember there is no community without unity